Hello, everyone. We are so happy to be with you tonight. And we want to thank Janet Lee, the super organist. We just enjoy the heart that is rendered into those uh, tunes, and we thank God for her. And tonight, an exciting message. The Horses of World Conspiracy. Who should ride them? This is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester. And we are going to get right on to this exciting journey. Now, tonight, I will be reading quite a few scriptures. And a good deal of them, along with my notes, I'm going to have to turn pages. So, if you will bear with me, and just keep in mind that the sound of those pages turning are the sound of the pages of the Holy Bible. So, that makes everything to be all right. Here we go. Turn with me in the Old Testament to the book of Zechariah. And we will start with chapter 6. Zechariah chapter 6. And here is what the Bible says. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, dear friends and listeners, just lifting up your eyes to look for something is not quite good enough. It doesn't incorporate the total accuracy of being able to narrow in and focus on the subject. And sometimes you have to turn. And additionally, you have to not just look straight ahead, but you have to lift up the focus of your eyes. And this is what was done in this beginning verse by Zechariah. And I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came four chariots out of the heavens between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. Now we know that there is so much in the Bible that is metaphor, that is parable, and we know that there are literal things but we do not want to miss the deeper meaning that is involved by understanding the symbolic aspects and the deeper things that can be revealed by those symbolic and metaphorical revelations. Four chariots. That's an important number because that sort of incorporates the world, the earth world. You know, all of the directions. It fits the compass. It goes along with all of the sayings in the Bible. The four winds of the earth, the four rivers, the four corners of the earth, on and on and on. Four chariots out from between two mountains. These chariots, when you lifted up your eyes and turned your head, were not just straight up in the highest part of the sky. They were on a mission. And that mission had to do with two mountains 
which is described in the book of Galatians, I think the fourth chapter. And interestingly enough, we've come in our teachings to hopefully have gotten across to the people that many times when it says two mountains, goes all the way back to the Old Testament, the mountain of blessings and the mountain of curses. And these are the two infolds in which all of the world is in. You are either walking in the blessings or you are walking in the cursings. There is, of course, that which is in between called the lukewarm interlude. But you are not able to stay in that very long without being torn out by the spewing forces. And so, these two mountains, we will say, represent the mountain of blessings and the mountain of curses. And these chariots don't just mean that they are chariots alone, because later, as we read in the second verse, we find that they are with horses. And these horses and chariots are on a specific mission, and obviously they have riders, horsemen. And we know when we talk about chariots that, for instance, in some of the scriptures of the Old Testament, there was chariots and horses of fire that was described in Second Kings chapter 2, verses 11 and 17. So there are chariots and horses of fire. The chariots were of fire. The horses were of fire. And we know that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, on the day of Pentecost, it came as a mighty rushing wind. But then the wind became evident in its magnitudes of being able to create tongues of fire. And the episode was so outstanding and prevailing that it became known from that time on as the episode of the Holy Ghost and Fire. We know that in Jeremiah 14, 13, it talks about horses swifter, horses swifter than eagles. So these horses weren't just regular horses. These chariots of fire are something different. And we know that on the negative side, on the Forces dark side. In Revelations 9, 7, there are locusts who were likened to horses. And we're even told that, that they also, in some cases, their heads looked like lions. And we can understand when we go through the symbols and through the signs and the metaphors that the word lion is one of the descriptive uh, insigns, uh, one of the descriptive um, terms that describes one of the four uh, kinds of people on the planet Earth. And we know that 
The lion was often used by great nations like Roman, uh, the Roman Empire, and, and many other nations also used that emblem. In Psalms 20 and 17, the Bible says some people trust in chariots, some people trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord my God. And in a way, this message tonight runs along that line. The horses of world conspiracy, who should ride them? We want to answer that question tonight. And I, I ask you that if you have any deep care and deep concern about wanting to know the will of God for your life and wanting to know how to weigh out these things as regards these um, conspiracies, and believe me, are they ever great in number and vast of deployment. If you want to know how to handle them and what to do with them or what not to do with them, you need to listen to this teaching tonight. Let us go on with our scripture in Zechariah 6, 1 through 7. Because we've come to the four chariots out from between the two mountains. That means they pass through the two mountains, the mountains of blessing and the mountains of curses. And the fact that they're in brass gives a medium of, of substantiality and significance. Now the first chariot had red horses. And the second chariot had black horses. And the third chariot had white horses. And do not for even a slight moment fail to recognize that the numerical position of these chariots and horses was insignificant. The first chariot were red horses. There is without question a spirit in the human race upon the mortals that is a warring spirit. It perhaps is connected to the the need to survive. It perhaps is connected to some of the glandular uh, and various mind glandular activities of the brain. But it is there. It is there for all the human race. It is a warring spirit. And it is that kind of a attitude and kind of a spirit of people wanting to protect what is theirs and wanting to have for themselves what can be called to be theirs, wanting to have protection over everything that is theirs. And we are not in any way saying that there is anything wrong about that, but we are saying that that warring spirit incorporates those kind of, call them attributes if you want, or human emotions. And 
in the second, the second chariot were black horses. Now, we mustn't always think that black means bad or that black means evil. Because I know that when I play the piano, what really makes the keyboard beautiful are the ebony black keys. When you have your white sort of ivory keys and then every uh, certain step apart, you have your black ebony keys and it all lines itself in a sequential separation of twos and threes all the way up the keyboard of all the 88 keys. It really, in my opinion, and I'm sure in the opinion of many other people who have ever played the organ or the keyboard or the piano, that it is beautiful. But in the consequences and in the setting here, this black represents a darkness. Um, it represents like you have in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the light divided the darkness from the light. And so there are in the world a great number of people in the world who just absolutely do not have a desire or a knowledge of the things of light, of the things of God. And they are out there. And they are represented in this second chariot that passed through between the two mountains the mountain of blessings and the mountain of curses. And the third chariot, white horses. And allow us to call this the horse of peace. And we can't help but think that because when we are given a description of the Christ person, the Lord, the Savior, Jesus, he is the one who rides the white horse. People say, yeah, but that white horse is it's a war ministry. Yes, but he's one of the few persons in the whole world that understands how to fight a war and not kill the enemy. How to win a war and not destroy the people that you are fighting, but to cause that war to defeat the evil and defeat the warring spirit, and then to go forth conquering and to conquer, to bring those people into repentance and salvation. And then we go on to the fourth chariot, the grizzled and bay horses. Now please take note that in every other case before we get to the fourth chariot,
there is a definite color and the focus of that whole chariot ministry or chariot life or chariot symbolism and representation is in the first chariot, red horses. In the second chariot, black horses. In the third chariot, white horses. But now something different happens. In this fourth chariot, there are two kinds of horses there as far as the color and the type, the grizzled and the bay horses. Then I answered and said, this is the fourth verse of Zechariah chapter 6, Then I answered and said unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said unto me, These are the four spirits of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. The black horses which are therein go forth to the north country, and the white go forth after them, and the grizzled, this is the fourth horse, goes forth to the south country. Now this is all extremely interesting, and there's so much deepness in here to talk about, but it's interesting how the white ministry is set to follow and go after the black horse into the north country. The north is a term that many times stands for mystery and the unknown, the unresolved, the paradox. And as a result of the white horse following after the black horse, that combination almost becomes like a piano keyboard because it says, that it creates peace. And we'll get to that here in a little bit. So now we've got the red horse in the first chariot, the black horse in the second chariot, the white horse in the third chariot, and each one of them going to a designation, and the grizzled horses from the fourth chariot are going to the south country. And the south country is the opposite, the polar opposite of the north country. And so you have this whole explanation that is dealing with the human race, but at the same time, it is very, very clear that we are dealing in the representation of these chariots and horses, we are dealing with spirits because it says here very clearly in chapter uh, 6, verse 5, and the angel answered and said, these are the four spirits of the heavens. So that's a combination of the everything, the chariot, the horses, and the, and the rider represent the spirit. Now, a lot of times when we say spirit, we are just limited to thinking of an individual spirit, like, like a person's spirit or like a ghost spirit. 
But there's also another meaning of spirit in which we say, we talk about the spirit of love, <coughs> the spirit of doing something, or how that you walk into a place and it just has a spirit of, 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 of feeling good about it. And, uh, and there's also, you can walk into places and they have a heavy spirit or they have, uh, an angry spirit. So there's that kind of understanding of the word spirit. And, um, uh, just putting this all into a flower bouquet and giving us a great variety of all the potentialities, we begin to see that there is quite an assortment here to choose from. And we see that, that, that this is involving not just what is happening on earth, but it's the spirits of the heavens which go forth from standing before the Lord. That the Lord is directly involved in everything that is happening on the earth. And it's not just the heaven as it might be as a limited description of the firmament, which is the atmospheres of the earth. But it's beyond that. It's those heavens, those atmospheres, but then the heavens beyond that. And in the consortment and revelation of that, there then is both that which is relevant to the earth and that which is extraterrestrial. And then we have this oddity. We have these grizzled that go forth to the south, the anti-polar, and they are doing things in their opposite ways. These are people out there that no matter what it is that you tell them, they're going to do things opposite because they have a nature to do it that way. People that just don't want to be religious, people that just don't want to believe in God, or people that, that do want to believe in God, but they want to believe in God exactly their way and do things exactly according to their idea. And the world is full of those kind of people. But, but, ladies and gentlemen, there is something else very interesting. Because in the fourth chariot, there are two kinds of horses, the grizzled and the bay. And we know that the grizzled went toward the south country. country. But here we see that there is a split of the fourth chariot of the horses. The chariot that is called the fourth chariot, which has both grizzled and bay horses, has a split that happens. And the grizzled go toward the south, which you could easily suppose that that really is the intention of the ministry of that chariot to go toward the south country so that it could be through that process of being whatever it is in the process of latolution so that it might ultimately overcome that. But then instead of getting into the ministry, into the line of, of advance that it is supposed to get into, the bay, which is to begin with 
a different color splits off and goes another direction. The seventh verse. And the bay went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. And he said, Get you hence. <clears throat> walk to and fro through the earth. So they walked to and fro through the earth. One of the things that they did find out in that walking to and fro, that the black horse and the white horse, according to the eighth verse, had quieted the spirit in the North Country, had re reached a resolution, had reached a settlement, had made an advance. But now this horse is different. These horses are different than all the rest of the horses, and they're doing something that is not even part of the ministry plan. And what they want to know is what's going on all over the earth. And they want to be involved in everything. And someone or something has told them, well, okay, just go ahead and do that. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I'm going to call these, um, these bay horses the horses of conspiracy. These horses of conspiracy have people out there, all right, telling them things to do. Some of these people claim to be in ministries and go under the banner of ministries. Some of these peoples are, people are in the news media. Some of these people are just free um, speakers, free um, thinkers who have websites or radio sites. And they're having a lot to say and have a lot of opinion about what they think people should do, especially as regard these conspiracies that they are pouring out like water for people to believe and to follow and to buy their books and, and make whatever uh, financial um, uh, forthcomings that they desire uh, so that they can keep on feeding them, feeding them conspiracies. And the, the bay horses, sort of a chestnut brown horse, which usually have black tails, black points, and a black mane, have their own idea of following these conspiracies. And they're very interested because they're walking to and fro throughout all the earth, and they're really, they're really, you, know, you could call them busybodies, wanting to know all of these stories. Now, I am not going to be surprised if there might be a few people offended before I get through with this teaching tonight. But I promise you one thing, that will not affect my delivering this message in the exact intent and way that I intend to deliver it, because I've come to deliver the truth to you tonight as a prophet of God. And if you want to know the truth, then you stay here and you listen. If you don't want to know the truth, well, go back to what the what the bay horse is doing, walking to and fro throughout the earth. 
But I know that that's something very similar to what Satan does, walking to and fro, sinking whom he may devour. And I don't think you really want to get into the same ship with him. <clears throat> okay, so there we go. There's our horse scripture. The bay horses for our analogy tonight of the horses of the world conspiracy because it's going back and forth all through the earth looking, listening, making presumptions, making statements. All right. Now, turn with me, if you would, to Ezekiel 22. You don't have to go back into the Bible very far. Get Daniel behind you. And then go to the 22nd chapter of Ezekiel. And that should not take you long to turn there at all. And let's see what it says. Now we're going to be reading from Ezekiel 22, verses 23 through 31. Ezekiel 22, and here we go, verses 23 through 31. And the word of the Lord came unto me. I suppose that there could be times that the word of the Lord would come to a person, but you wouldn't have this word that followed after that. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying. I think sometimes the word of the Lord comes to people, and it's ready to speak, and it's ready to reveal, and it's ready to tell the truth, just like what is happening here tonight. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God is has come, and it's ready to speak, it's ready to tell the truth, it's ready to, to point out what the Word of God is. <clears throat> it's ready to have a saying. Now you need to listen to it and see what God is speaking. Son of man, son of humans, son of mortals. Say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravishing the prey. I want to tell you today that the Bible talks about a time and many times these prophecies can go backwards into the past, into the present, and into the future because they are a general coverage that has application for both that which is past, which is present, and they are applicable for that which is forward into the future. And there's prophets that are like a roaring lion. They're having a lot to say. They're making big issues. And they sound loud and powerful and threatening. And they are involved in conspiracies. That's what the Bible says. Prophets involved in conspiracies. And they 
are going after a prey. I don't like to have to say this, but I think that there are people out there who are in the ministry and who go after people who are just ignorant of the truth and they make them their prey. And they get them involved in listening to these conspiracies. They get them frightened. They get them terrified. And they prey on their fear. And these conspiracies that they are, are teaching and they, they are proclaiming, which are not revelations from God, I'm not saying that there are not any conspiracies out there that are that could not be revelations of God, but I'm speaking about these particular prophets, these particular kind of people that are that are taking advantage of people and making them their prey. That those people are definitely then talking and teaching. Prof, uh, prof, uh, pardon me, talking and teaching and and making statements that are presumptuous statements. And these statements are conspiracies that are terrifying to people and they're taking advantage of them. They're, they're making them to become a prey. And they are devouring, the Bible says, souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things and made many widows in the midst thereof. The philosophy of these conspiracies is theft and robbery. Almost every conspiracy has to do with, with robbery and theft. It's always taking something away. Elect a president by the majority of the people who are just fulfilling their 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 right of democracy. And along comes the conspirators, and they want to take away that right of democracy. They want to take away that president before he can even be in office for one term to really have a chance to prove if he's right or he's wrong. They want to take away the president and take away, accordingly then, the democracy that allows the people to choose a president. Because that's what you're doing when you take away something that has been voted in. Then you take away the democracy that that allowed that to be. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not any minor thing. And God does not look at it as a minor thing. And God is speaking and dealing with these prophets and ministers and these people that claim to be of God. And this word that I'm speaking right now is a message going out to you. And you need to hear this word and you need to repent. They have devoured the prey. They've taken advantage. They've taken the treasure of precious things, made widows. I think as I started to say a while ago, one of the saddest things is the robbery of some of the spiritual gifts. People are out there giving conspiracy theories, which are only theories, 
at the best. And they're replacing revelation. They're replacing the spirit of revelation in the church for conspiracies. The most of them that have been put together by people that are not even followers of God or people who are supposedly followers of God, but their spirits and their, their minds and their dedication is not right with God. There's some big time preachers out there that have gotten into these spirit, these conspiracy, you know, conspiracy things. Don't think that I'm impressed. Don't think because they've just got a big name and they've written some books and they're well known that that makes it all right. It doesn't make it all right. And I feel like the voice crying in the wilderness. And I'm speaking these things out. But don't think that I'm going to get worn out doing it. Because in this wilderness where I'm walking, the shoes don't wear out. The clothing doesn't wear out. You just keep on keeping on. And you keep on preaching the word of God like you're supposed to preach it. Let's go on with this scripture. They've taken precious things. When you steal from God the time that belongs to God, when you steal the time that belongs to the word of God and the precious things of God, and how that God wants to have the one-on-one -on -one relationship with you and with his people. And wants to be able to reveal to you the things that you need to know about what is coming or what is not coming. And, can, and it can explain them to you in a way by the Spirit that no conspiracy in the world can explain. And when you take that away from people, you are stealing their spiritual rights. And you are guilty if you are in part of that. Her priests, verse 26, have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed differences between the unclean and the clean. They hid their eyes from the Sabbaths. I am profaned among them. This is serious, ladies and gentlemen. When you take something that is not a prophecy from the holy prophet, when you take something that is not revealed by the Spirit, does not have, thus saith the Lord, branded into it, when you begin to preach that to people as though it were the, and was the Word of God, and you make no difference between that kind of a proclamation or prediction and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in discerning and the gift of prophecy, that is profaning the things of God. And I'm here today to bring this word to you. Whoever has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and saying to you, open up your ear and hear this right now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Oh, I know you've heard all these things and you are so sure that they are correct. But I'm going to tell you a story here in a little bit I'm going to show you how many of these so-called conspiracy theories have absolutely failed and of all the things that are going on around this planet that, that are based on absolute loot, uh, uh, disinformation. 
Let's go on. There may be no difference between the unclean and the clean. Someone will say, oh, but some of these people that they're, they're, they're speaking these and, and they're giving this information and standing up testifying about these conspiracies. You know, they're, they're high class people. They've got good jobs and some of these people are, are movie actors or some of these people are senators or some of these people are well known bakers or business people. Don't try to impress me with that kind of talk. I have met people in my time that seem to be so sound and so good. And after a while of being able to get to really know them, I found out they were just plain crazy. And they looked really good, but they weren't. The Holy Spirit knows things about people that you cannot discover by just looking outwardly at them. And there's a lot of good intending people out there that are being misused, thinking that they're doing the right thing. Their intentions are good, but they're, they're going at it. They're, they're trying to serve God and they're serving God the wrong way. Her princes in the midst thereof are wolves ravaging the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. Some people say, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I would never do that. I would never intentionally hurt any of these people. Listen, friend, you surely heard that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That isn't going to press the button that's going to open the pearly gate. What is of God is of God. What is not of God is not of God. What is thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Spirit, is thus saith the Lord, and thus saith the Spirit. What someone else makes a prediction of that is a presumptuous thing is against the word of God. And her prophets have dabbed them with untempered mortar. They haven't proven these things. It, that mortar is untempered. There's no guarantee it's going to hold the bricks in place. It's going to hold the wall in place. People are putting their whole lives on the line, even financially. And their families are being towed in with to follow them, to believe some of these absolutely falsified statements and teachings that come under the name conspiracy. And then when those fail, it makes these people not believe in God, but because there was no difference made clear that those conspiracies are not a revelation from God, they're not backed by the Bible, they're not backed by the Holy Spirit, that's just some kind of a theory that some people have put together, taken some picture. Most of those people are not even scientists. And even those people that claim to be engineers or architects, like in the 9-11, they didn't present any scientific paper where true scientists could look at it and actually see and make an analogy. They didn't interview uh, the, the actual terrorist. 
I was hanging hold. We're going to get into this. If you need to cry, go ahead and do it. If you need to blow your nose, go ahead and do it. This word is going on. Her prophets have dabbed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them. There are lies being told out there with these conspiracy theories. Just plain, absolute, horrible, adulterated lies. And people are being told these things. And these are prophets. These are people that are ministers. Or these are people that are supposed to be leaders in the society. And they're doing this for to rob the treasure from the people. To get their loyalties, to get their money, to get their following. And God is speaking this word right now from my lips over this radio wave deliverance to go out there across all the world like a flying scroll into every home and every church and every mind to connect with the circuits of the soundtrons and go out there and proclaim this word to separate yourself from these Babylonian things that you are doing and get back into God following the spirit following the revelation of God making that the highlight of your life the highlight of your study the highlight of everything that you want to know the people of the land verse 29 have used oppression and exercised robbery yes and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but that I, and I found none. And my soul cries out, O oh God, let me be that person to stand in the gap. Not that I am worthy but so that these people will not be destroyed, that your mercy will forgive them, that your mercy will reach out to them, persons and families, little children, and that this word will deliver them from the falsehood of some of these conspiracies that are a damning lie. God is not happy with these prophets who have been dancing with devils. God is not happy with these prophets who have put up iron curtains to block the things of God but have opened these curtains that are made out of fluffy things to bring in these words of conspiracy. God is not happy about that. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. This is like a prophecy of things that can happen, both past, both present, and forward. 
I have recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. If you get nothing out of this message, I hope that you will take that in. I hope that you will understand this word, how important it is, how very important it is. You know, <clears throat> there was a time when David was king and he had a son by the name of Absalom who was a beautiful son. He was, he was a beautiful man. He had a personality. He had um, an awesome style. And people began to tell him, you know, you should be the king. And eventually, your father is going to put one of the sons in there and he probably will not choose you. You'll probably put that Solomon fellow in. And if you don't make a move and do something, you'll never get to be king. Besides that, sometimes these new kings come in and they kill all the possible rivals. You could end up dead or have to leave and go to a foreign land. And people began to talk to him, and he began to listen. And pretty soon, there was a conspiracy that was born. And you can read about this in Second Samuel. And they began to conspire. And it built, and it built, and it built, and it built. And when David heard of what was going on, he realized he had to flee for his life right away. <clears throat> And he did. But it was so desperately sad because that was his son that he loved so much. His own blood son. And if you read the Bible, you know the story how that, that Absalom ends up dead. And David comes back to his throne, but he was so sad for all of that. Conspiracies are horrible things. They destroy family relationships. They create lies. They create fear. They create damnable consequences. And they encourage people to do things that they would not have done. And the result is fear and panic. I think you have to be so careful. The Bible tells us that when God was dealing through Pharaoh, that God gave Pharaoh instructions of things that he was to do and not to do, and that he kept him from even agreeing to some of the propositions that he was offered through Moses, which God told Moses to do what he did. But God at the same time was dealing with Pharaoh in the opposite. And the same thing was true with the Babylonians and the Babylonian kings. They were even called friends of Israel because God was using them. And the point that I'm making, when people do not know how that God is moving, and how that God may be using a person 
<clears throat> someone that you don't like, someone that you may have apprehension about, but a person that may be put in a job or in a place of leadership because there is a plan of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you come against, if you come against the word of God, it's a serious thing. Now let's suppose, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the conspiracy that people had and the lies that they told against him. And he was a good person. He, the only thing that he did was heal people and love people and teach things differently than what the Sadducees and the Pharisees wanted to hear. And they were afraid of him because he was popular with people. And they began to conspire to destroy him. And they didn't have problem finding people that were willing to witness and say lies against Jesus. And they conspired against him. And to a lot of people out there, when they heard the Pharisees, that was their church they went to. And the Sadducees, that was their church they went to. Saying these things. And giving them this conspiracy. This fellow's going to cause the whole world to turn against the Jews, against the church. He's got to be stopped. He's casting out devils by the chief of the devils. That's what he's doing. That's not no divine thing. That's just bigger devils casting out little little devils. And people were believing it. Even if they would see the dead raised, they'd say, well, I don't know for sure he was really dead. Well, I don't know for sure if he really was that sick. And the conspiracy was strong. You have to be careful because you can be in a conspiracy against Christ. Against Christ who is living in some person's life. And you can't judge if that person has a relationship with God or not. You, you can't judge that. You're not to judge. You know, be careful that you don't kill the Christ. The Christ that has a plan. The Christ that is done is using someone like Pharaoh or the Babylonians. You have to be sure that you know what you're doing. You get involved in becoming part of a conspiracy. Because the end of a conspiracy is death. And 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 you know, displacement and not good things. Not good things. So let me just go on, and uh, let's let's talk about presumptuous, presumptuous things. Let's look at some scriptures, and I'm, I'm going to have to you know turn a few pages here. You have to bear with me, because uh, I've got a lot of scriptures here, and I don't know that I'll turn to all of them. But let's start off with Psalms 19.13. Psalms 19.13. Keep back thy servants 
from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then should I be upright and I should be innocent from the greatest transgression. Presumptuous sins. That's what that's what conspiracies are. They're presumptuous things. People that are presuming there is a presumption that something is going to happen in a certain way. That's why they call them conspiracy theories. It's a presumption. Some will say, well, there are some, some of these conspiracies that are true. I'm not saying that that is not possible. I'm not saying that there may not be some truth. What I am saying is that some of these things that are truth, and there's all kinds of things out in the world that are true, but are not from the Spirit of God. And we that are being led by the Spirit to follow the truth do not need to get entwined with these things that may be true or may not be true just because they sound like they would be true. As you will see as I get further into this whole teaching tonight. So keep back thy servants from presumptions. That's what I'm trying to help you to see tonight. Now let's look at uh, right back over to the New Testament. <clears throat> Close, um, get closer to the book of Revelations. And let's get into Second uh, Peter. And I'm sure you can hear that beautiful flipping of the pages of the Bible. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 10. Here's what it says. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. There aren't any of you people despising the government, are you? That are into these conspiracies? Are you despising your own government? Have you reached the point that you despise the Republicans? You despise the Democrats? You've decided to create a Tea Party? Pretty soon you'll be despising that. Every time a president comes along, you'll despise that president. When Kennedy, when Kennedy, Jack Kennedy came along, they despised him because he was a Catholic. They're despising this president that they got now, Obama, because they say he's a Muslim. But you don't really know that he's a Muslim. And some say, oh, yes, I do. I, I've seen the facts. I've seen it. You haven't seen nothing. You've seen some things that people have said. And I've seen everything that's out there. You haven't seen nothing. I see how some of these people have done, how they left off. They take things out of context. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's why these things that are being done to put down a party and get another party in, they don't care who they destroy. They want to win. And that's why conspiracies are just ugly. Pretty soon you won't even have a government. 
Next thing you'll be talking about moving away to some other, other nation. Well, you just think real hard about it before you do that. And just think. Some, I had someone said to me, Oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm going down to this South American place. Okay. Well, you just go. You just go and enjoy yourself down there. I don't know how long it's been since the last government fell. Say, oh, it's real good times they're having right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it'll be before something else will happen. You may get killed. You may die down there. They may, you may get buried down there. And then again, you might live for a few years. But if you just hate this government, but maybe you better check out the history of the, of the government where you're moving to make sure that it's not worse than the government of where you live and were born. I'm just reading what the Bible says here. It says, do you despise government? Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not even afraid to speak evil of dignities. It gets to be after a while that these people that are into these conspiracies, I, I've heard them, news medias and some of these people that are not even church ministers, they get to knocking, they get to knocking church people. They get to knocking religion. You talk about deceit. You've got these reptilian aliens that are coming up from the hollow of the earth. <clears throat> and people want to believe that. People want to get into that through these all these kind of conspiracy ideas and be associated with that. Then you're not anywhere at all but in a self-willed prison. And I adjure you by the name of God to loosen yourself from the forces of darkness and listen to these words so that the demons will flee from you after you have heard them. For we that speak here tonight, the angel of my presence and my mortal being and the Holy Spirit bear witness that you can be delivered if you want to be delivered. You can be free if you want to be free. Presumptions are they self-willed. Not even afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Be careful what you say. Be careful whose side you take. When you don't really know what the plan of God is. You don't really know the revelation of God. Be careful. Be careful. Wow. Let's look at, um, these are pretty harsh scriptures I'm going to go to here. Let's look at Deuteronomy 17, all the way back in the earlier part of the Bible. Deuteronomy 17. And let's just, let's read that because there's some really, really super stuff here. And we're in Deuteronomy 17, verse 12 through 15. And the man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister. Therefore the Lord thy God, uh, before the Lord thy God, or unto the judge, even that man shall die. And thou shalt put away the evil from Israel. 
and all the people shall hear and fear and do no more presumptuously. And the man, the mortal, the person that will do presumptuously. You go forth and you just start doing things on presumings of other people. Especially people that are just out to get a following and out to sell you something. Now this this fellow that was just really, really, really big into some of these horrible end of the time things that were going to come on the world. And it looked like to people that he was only in it because he really believed these awful, dastardly things that were coming. But then it was eventually found out that he was really big time into dehydrated foods and selling these foods to all these survival people who would come to believe these things about survival. He was creating his own market. It's interesting, it reminds me of these people that I bumped into some several years ago through my sister-in-law who made a prediction that the rapture was going to happen and this was a big, big church of about 3,000 people. I won't say where or who. And they made this prediction and, and they advised people to sell their belongings and give it, give the money to the church so that there would be funds, uh, for the ministry that had to stay behind and, and help people through the tribulation. And guess what? The rapture didn't happen. But I understand that people were not able to get their money back because they said, well, that's already been dis distributed. But you did it with the right intention and with the will of God. And uh, we did the best that we thought by saying this timing, but we're off a little bit. It's going to be a little later than what we think. Huh. The man that will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that standeth to minister before the Lord thy God, or unto the judge, even that man shall die. There's no game. Watch what you're doing with these conspiracies, which is replacing the gift of revelation in the church. This serious stuff. I've listened to these people. I've looked at them. I don't witness the majority of all these people that I've ever heard or their testimonies and sales pictures that I've read, I don't witness them. And most of them are ignorant people. They're not even scientific. They haven't got math right. They haven't got facts straight. They don't even know what, they don't even know what they're talking about. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 18. You're not that far away. You're in 17. Let's go one more over. And let's look at Deuter uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 22. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come, into, nor, nor come to pass, that is a thing which the Lord has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. There's a lot of prophets out there, like those that were mentioned in my first reading earlier. And they're speaking presumptuous things. They're into these conspiracies. Who should ride the horses 
of conspiracy. I'm telling you, I don't think you should. These horses of conspiracy, they're leading people away from God. They're frustrating the church. They're terrifying people. They're making people turn against their own land and their own people. They're honoring the God of war. One of these rallies not that long ago was stirring people up against the government. And they were telling people, when you come to the meeting tonight, bring your gun with you. Bring your gun. If anybody tries to stop us, we'll be armed. That isn't how Jesus taught. Jesus lived during the time of the Romans, one of the greatest powers that has ever been on earth. They existed a thousand years as a nation. And Jesus didn't say, okay, we're going to have to make a conspiracy here against these Romans. He said, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. He didn't make any conspiracy with them. Jesus didn't go over with a lot of people because they were looking for a, a war say, a savior, a warlord savior. They wanted someone to come and say, okay, we're a zealot. We've got a plan how we can defeat the Romans. Jesus taught against that. That was not how Jesus taught. He taught his disciples and his followers to survive just by following and trusting the Spirit of God. He did not teach people to go out there and try to figure out what the next moves of the, of the Romans were. And they get all a bunch of uh, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy uh, theories all lined up. <clears throat> that is not Jesus. Not then, not now. Who are you following then? You following some person that sounds like he knows something, but he doesn't really? You following somebody who sort of tried to be a senator, but never did do well with it? wrote a book and people are following it thinking he's really smart and good and knows what he's talking about. Don't hang up on me yet. You wait and listen to what I have to say. I have a lot more to say here yet. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, that's one thing. But when it doesn't follow, nor come to pass, that person, that prophet has spoken presumptuously and God is not in it. Don't be afraid of that. Don't even listen to that kind of a, a person. That's what the Bible is telling us. So this thing of presumptuousness is serious. And these people fall into those categories of tail bearers. Now let's look at what some of the scriptures say about that. Uh, you're over here in Deuteronomy. So let's uh, just go... Uh, uh, forward in your uh, Bible uh, uh, to um, Leviticus, and let's just see what we can um, we can uh, find here that will be interesting. Um, uh, I tell you, go forward. I, I'm giving you bad advice, aren't I? Uh, 
go backwards, just uh, like a little bit after Exodus. Leviticus 19. Okay, have you got it? Go to Leviticus 19. And we want to read, uh, you know, what it tells about tail bearers. Leviticus 19, verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the persons of the mighty, but in righteousness thou shalt, thou sh uh, righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Now, verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tail-bearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Some of you people taking stands? Are, are some of you people all but right on the verge of ready to take up arms? Like the John Birch Society taught? The sad things that became of those people who were just so caught up with all the anger and hate and, and tail-bearing and war. I want you to hear me. I want you to listen to this. Deuteronomy, pardon me, Leviticus 19, verse 16. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tail-bearer. Are you involved in all these different kinds of conspiracies? I'm telling you so many conspiracies. If you really get into the conspiracies and really get to following them, you won't have any time to serve God. You won't have any time to read the Bible. You won't have any time to pray. You'll just have time to listen to all the things that are supposed to be coming on the earth and that have happened in the past that are happening now to people and happening to the, to, to the politics of the world. You think that is what God wants for your life? Don't you understand that's going to lead you further and further away from from God because you have become a tail-bearer. You have joined these gospel, gospel, um, the, these gossip crusades. You are dancing with demons. You're standing up against the blood of your own government, your own leadership, your own nation the land where you were born. Come on. Get off that horse. Let's go on. Let's go on. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to just give you these scriptures. You can look them up. I don't think I have time to go through all of them. i got so much more to say. But um, there's Proverbs 11, 12 through 13. Um, there is um, Proverbs 18, 8 and 20, 19. And Proverbs 26, 20. It talks about the tail bearers and the things that they say and how that they create wounds. They create wounds that go down into the very depths of the solar plexus, depths of the body. These tales that people are telling, they're not just simple Simon stuff. They're threats to the very livelihood and the very life and the very security and the very peace 
of people who just want to live and believe and have their families. They're, they're doing things that are absolutely stirring up animosities and anger and evil. You also can look at Hosea 1.7. So I'll just give you the opportunity to get into that. In Galatians 2.21, it talks about frustrating the grace of God. And I want to share with you tonight six strategies of the dark forces. Six strategies that the dark forces use to try to keep you wound down and to keep you from overcoming. Number one, frustrating the grace of God. People many, many times have no idea of the things that they do, of the things that they say, of the actions that they take, of the philosophies and the tales and the conspiracies that they stand behind and back and, and preach to other people of how great and true and awesome that they are. And God knows what the truth is. And he doesn't teach theories. He doesn't teach presumptuousness. When God gives a word, the word is the word. The truth is the truth. Of which if you really get to know it, you'll be set free from these conspiracies. One of the strategies that Satan uses, number one, is frustrating the grace of God. God's grace that is, that is long and, and loving and, and reaches out and forgives and forgives and forgives. This thing with conspiracy is a horse that looks sort of nice with this chestnut brown, but it wags a black tail. And his mane is black. And it's a busybody. It's into presumptuousness. It's into it's in it's into all of this frustrating the things of God. It's checking out things all over because it's into the tail-bearer business. It's separated from its own ministry plan. It's gone to and fro throughout the world, involved in horse ministry lies. Horse ministry conspiracies that reach all over the planet Earth. They go to Russia. They go to the UK. They go to Africa. The United States. The islands. These conspiracies reach everywhere. The Arabic country, countries. All religions. Listen to me, my friends. Listen to me, my people. This 
frustrating the grace of God is a serious thing. Listen to this word. Don't waste your life on conspiracies. God wants to give you peace. Peace like when David said, I will have a banquet in the midst of my enemies. God wants to give you peace. No matter what's going on out there, God wants you to be free. He wants you to have peace. Number two, backbiting. Oh, there's lots of scriptures on that. I don't know if I have the time to really get into them. They're serious. Backbiting. Sounds just like the word says. Some statement out there that someone says sort of pinches you. And then you want to backbite. You want to bite back. By your power, by your will, by your ideas. And there are people that have accepted these conspiracies as the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And they're using them as backbiting machines to bite back on the government, to bite back on, on every senator, every congressman. Not that these congressmen and citizen, uh, congressmen and, and, and uh, senators are perfect people by any means. But they were elected and they're into the offices elected by the people. It's the plan of the nation. You're a part of the government. You're a part of that plan. And you can call them crooked. You can call them anything that you think that you want to call them. But they're still your government, your nation, your people. And it's the way things are. They're not going to do you just an awful lot of good. You got your opportunity to vote when voting time comes. And you don't get to vote on every senator or every House member. You vote on the the senators and the House members that have to do with where you live. And that's all you can do about it. Unless you want to follow some John Bircher or some of these kind of people that have, uh, you know, the Kell mentality. And they just want to encourage you to, to, to raise up arms and create a revolution. And when you follow them, you're going to live by the sword and I guarantee that you're going to die by it. And the result of it is not going to be happy for you, not only not on this side and not on the other side either. Backbiting is not a thing that pleases God. Well, we should look at just a few scriptures. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Proverbs 25, 23. Proverbs 25, 23. Because those, uh, I'm sure, should be very interesting. Okay. Proverbs 25, 23. And um, here's what it says. The north wind driveth away rain. So does an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. I think that these backbiting type of conspiracies have driven away the rain, a blessing. I think 
the things that have been said against this nation and against the efforts that are being attempted to bring stability back into the financial sector of this nation are not helpful to the nation. They have injured people's faith, injured people's belief. I think they've driven away the wind. They've affected employers who would have stepped out and hired people because they've created a spirit of fear and a spirit of hate. And the people that are belonging to the horse club that's riding that bay horse, they're going to have to pay a price. They're not going to get off free on this. You're going to have to pay a price. You better get unbelonging to those clubs, unbelonging to that horse riding. Who should ride? I don't think you should. Let's look at Psalms 15. Go to Psalms 15. Let's read what that says. This, this will be interesting. Psalms 15. And here's what it says. Psalms 15, 3. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Who should ride? That was my question. Well, interestingly, let's look at the first verse of Psalms 15. Lord, who should abide in thy holy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in the holy hill? Let me just sort of reverbalize that. Lord, who should ride the white horse? Lord, who should ride the bay horse? Riding the white horse is one thing, but riding the bay horse, not in the plan. And so, what's verse 3 saying? Who's going to be able to, to, to ride the white horse? Who's going to be able to abide in the tabernacle? He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Those are the ones that are going to, are going to be able, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, those are the ones that are going to be able to ride the white horse. And they're riding the white horse not to go out and kill everybody. They're riding it because our war is not against flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities and powers of darkness. We're going to war not to kill. We're going to war to raise the dead. Let me give you these other scriptures. I don't have the time to turn to them. Second Corinthians twelve twenty, Romans one twenty nine through through thirty. Number three, debating. That's also in these scriptures when you read them. That's one of the things that it talks about not doing, backbiting and debating. People are into the spirit of debating. Someone says, "Well, what's wrong with debating?" It's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just whether or not you're doing it in the spirit of a conspiracy that is just full of damning and threatening and everything about it is, is cursory. It belongs 
to that side of the mountain of the curses. And God's trying to get you out of that side of the mountain and bring you to the other mountain of the blessings. Now, what do you want? You want the, you want the traffic from the cursings mountain or do you want the traffic from the blessings mountain? That's what this message about. That's what this message is about today. So strategies of the dark forces are one, to frustrate the grace of God. Two, to get you into backbiting. Three, to get you into debating. Well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Going to and fro throughout all the earth. Well, you think the Japanese did the right things? Well, what about what the Chinese are doing? What about the, the South Koreans? <clears throat> I don't think that they did right. I don't think the North Koreans did either. I don't think we did right when the United States went over there and fought. I don't think it was right when the Chinese came in. And I still don't think it's right. And I think that it's just awful that all those things are not right. And I think all those people that did those things not right should still be punished. And you just go on and on and on until after a while you become a hateful-minded person. And that's what backbiting and debating can do. Number four, five, strong delusions. There are people without realizing that are getting strong delusions. And the Bible says you can, you can come into strong delusions to believe a lie and be damned. There are people that are believing these, uh, uh, conspiracies. They believe that they're the truth. They're the absolute truth and nothing but the truth. They are totally wrapped up into them. They are totally uh, fond of them. They love to hear them. They love to go over and over and over it. Uh, they're caught up into the news media. They're caught up into these various kind of websites. They're caught up into these various kinds of book uh, write-ups and, and to all of, all of this kind of Fumery kind of stuff that's going on, uh, and he, and those, uh, prophets or church people that are into it, they're caught up into that, and they're really, really, uh, into a delusion, and they're believing a lie, and the Bible says they believe a, a lie and become damned. Num number four, I think I missed one. I did. I went from, uh, the frustrating the grace of God, one, two, backbiting, uh, then to debating three, and I left out number four, it's a big one, judging. Thou shalt not judge with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And people in these conspiracy theories are judging people in a terrible, awful way. One of the largest groups that they judge in a most mournful, sad way, equivalent to the thing that Hitler did with the Jews, is repeated over and over and over in these conspiracies against the Jews. We'll talk about that here if I can just have enough time. Many of the conspiracies of these world governments are based up against uh, the Jews. The Jews being involved in all of these different um, uh, kind of plans and, and into the monetary systems. And that is the Jews, uh, that were, that originally belonged to the Masonic people and, and, uh, the Illuminati and the Rockefellers and on and on and on. They just, they, they've just made them into being people, these, that are, that are evil. And, and, and it's, it's against the Jews. And that's the thing with these conspiracies. They're like KKK against the blacks. 
and or they're against some religion. When Jack Kennedy against the Catholics, I heard the other day I was reading something where they were talking about a Mormon that might run for one of the offices, maybe even later for president. And oh, someone was saying, oh, this this could be a plan of the Antichrist to get Mormons in. Mormons are they're 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 diabolical their belief and and you know so if if you're if you're a, a Catholic if if you're a Jew uh, if you're a, a Mormon uh, if you're almost anything but this little teeny narrow idea of what those people think that they are then you're some kind of antichrist we better get off that chopping block before you chop off your own hand. That's judging. And that's against the words of Jesus Christ. And if you judge that way, you will be judged the same. <clears throat> and number five, strong delusions. And I already sort of hit that. Now, number six, labeling. <clears throat> this thing that people are doing today, labeling big time. They're putting labels on religion. They're putting labels on broadcasting stations and medias of the news. They're putting labels on leaders. They're putting labels on uh, the systems of government. They're putting labors, labels on uh, churches, on their neighbors, on other religions. Uh, they're putting labels on just about everything. And almost every solid thing is negative, except that small little dot that happens to be what they are. And it is an ugly, reprobate type of mind that is replacing the spirit of revelation in the church. It is a bondage of the mind. Okay, let me move on. I have so much, so much to cover. There has been so much lost in translation and mis mistranslation and also lost for a lack of translation in the church. All those things are happening. We are at that moment. We have to displace any old goals or any misaligned goals and get based um, on an insight with new goals, not based on the limits of the old views, but set and focused on an expanded viewership of insights. <clears throat> we have to be aware of the disinformation that is out there on the internet. A lot of things have been answered on the internet by people that do not know. Medical things, religious things, scientific things, mathematical things and people that go on that and have the knowledge of that when they see those answers that have been given they know they're wrong but not everybody has the knowledge to be able to look and at those those uh, information data sheets and information uh, internet uh, reports and see that they're incorrect because they don't have the knowledge to know the difference and they think that they're right and they're full of disinformation, disinformation and misinformation. Now, I gave you this strategy of the dark forces. 
all those things that the dark forces is wanting to use to get you away from God. Let me just re re-mention them. Number one, frustrating the grace of God. Number two, backbiting. Number three, debating. Number four, judging. Number five, getting into strong delusions. Number six, labeling. Now I want to give you five um, strategies because those were strategies of the dark forces. But these are strategies for spiritual things. And here's the strategy that you should be into as a person who's wanting to follow God and know the truth, so help you, God. And we'll start with strategy one. And strategy one is to be able to hold your peace, to meditate on the peace that is within you, to ponder the peace within you, and consider it, consider it a pearl of great price. That's number one, the power to be able to hold your peace. Not to spill it out there. Every time that that someone says something, some person comes along with a conspiracy and said, did you know? Did you know that that the lettuce that you are eating is poisoned? Uh, did you know that the bread that you are eating is poisoned? Did you know that the meat you are eating is poisoned? Did you know that all the vegetables that you are eating is poisoned? Did you know that all the canned goods that you might eat is poisoned. Did you know basically everything in the grocery store is poisoned? And even the farmers, the food out in the field because of how they spread is poisoned? Say, my God, what am I going to do to eat? Uh, well, I don't know. I just know it's all poisoned. And the way it's looking, it's like people are going to start dying if they start keep eating. Is that the kind of advice you want to listen to? <laughs> Strategy number two, prove all things. <clears throat> the Bible says that, you know, that's Bible. Be able to prove all things, give an answer unto all men that might inquire the hope that lies within. Number two, prove all things. Before you jump into a conspiracy, it's a theory. And if you can't prove it, stay out of it. Someone says, well, you can't ever prove that. Then don't ever get into it. Don't ride that horse. You should not ride. Get into things like the Word of God that you can know because the Spirit bears witness in you that it is truth. You're not going to get any Spirit bear witness in you that's truly from God on those conspiracies that's about hate, warmongering, and replacing the things of God with the things that are not of God. Number three, prioritize, priority. The importance of having a priority of what is important in your life. Of what are the first things that you owe unto God. Your worship of God, your prayer to God, your, your thanksgiving to God. Your promises to God. Your mission, your job, your destiny to God. You need to get that down to know what your priority priorities are so that you can have a strategy of how to live for God and how to overcome any of these temptations that might come along in the way of some of these 
tales that are being told. Some of these false stories that are being told. So that you will not be trapped. You will not be trapped by those conspiracies. So, number one strategy, hold your peace. Number two strategy, prove all things. Number three strategy, the priority. Number four strategy, redeeming the time. The Bible speaks about redeeming the time, how important that is. You need to redeem the time. You don't have the time in God if you're going to really get spiritual and overcome to spend untold days, weeks, and hours, and hours, and untold days, and weeks, and hours, and hours, and months, and years on these horse riding episodes that have to do with these conspiracies that even the prophets of the church have gotten into, and it is robbing the church and robbing the people. You need to redeem the time. Putting first the first fruits of God and the things that belong to your peace and the things that have to do with healing the sick, delivering the poor, the things that have to do with caring about human beings, reaching out to them, the things that have to do with the the spirit of loving the power of loving, because the Bible said God is love, and God wants us to be like Him. That was the image plan. And that's number four. And there's so much I could I could preach on each one of these for a long time, but we don't have the time. Number five, rendering. Rendering to, the, to God the things that are God, and to Caesar the things that are that belong to Caesar. Those those kind of things are, are important. You need to know what to render. You need to know what steps to make. There are things that we can do in life. We, we can cross, the, uh, cross a boundary. And just the act of crossing that boundary labels us as an offender. Just the act of crossing that boundary says we're looking for war. That's what happened when... Julius Julius Caesar in 49 BC crossed the Rubicon River, that 15 mile long river. The instant he crossed that, it was a known thing to Pompey and all his soldiers, which were also Romans, that that was an act of war. He crossed to the other side, just crossing. And Julius Caesar knew very well what he was doing when he crossed the Rubicon. And there are Rubicon rivers out there that you are not to cross because just crossing them is equal to a pronunciation of war. When you cross the Rubicon and you get into these conspiracies and you're riding this beige horse, you are opening up all kinds of mental viruses into your body and spirit. You are opening up all kinds of potential assault against your spirit of faith and your spirit of survival and your family. Be sure you know what you're doing before you cross the Rubicon. 
be sure you think about it. Really, really, really good. Okay. When you know that God is calling you to be transformed, put your feet to the fire and make good on that dedication until you can claim that happening as a fact in your life. And that's what will give you power with God. And you'll have power within your own self. Now, there are there are things that throughout the courses of history have caused people to get all kinds of notions about what was of God and what wasn't of God and what was a conspiracy and what wasn't a conspiracy. Even today, when new emerging technologies come forth, they trigger alarmist theories among the militants. And even back in 1436, the Gutenberg printing press, when it was put up, there was waves of people that that predicted that that was tied into apocalyptic uh, events. That was going to put out the word uh, of the powers of, of darkness, the mark of the beast. And then when they came up with the barcodes and the social security uh, numbers for people, that triggered incredible warnings that this was the beginning of the mark of the beast. This was the number of the beast. These barcodes and the social security numbers uh, was all going to be, uh, you know, the thing that that uh, uh, what was was going to bring about uh, the the Antichrist. They're saying terrible things about the United States of America. Are you a citizen of America? Are you a citizen of the United States? Don't you think you should stand up in God and pray? They claim the United States is one of the most oppressive police states on earth. That is the claim that is out there with these conspiracy theorists, theorist people. They claim that the U.S. is full of death camps right now. They got death camps, they say, all over the United States. Secret hidden death camps. <clears throat> and, and that the United States is one of the most oppressive police states in the whole earth in the world. That is absolutely a devil's lie. That is false. Person just did a little bit of reading and understanding what a police state really is. They would know that the United States is not a police state. They have police. And don't you thank God that they do with all the dangers there are out there. But I'm telling you people, there are lies being perpetrated to destroy this nation of the United States. And I don't like it. I don't believe in, in that. I don't believe in that. All right. Let me keep going here. I'm going to try and move a little faster. There's been predictions. In the year 2000, there was a prediction that Clinton would, would cancel further elections and would become a dictator and would uh, possibly either become the Antichrist or would become the person that would allow 
the Antichrist to come in and take over, that, that elections would be canceled, that Clinton would, would do this. Hey, that failed. It was false. And there was people out there that believed that and stood behind that conspiracy. That did not happen, ladies and gentlemen. In the 2008 election, they said it's going to be canceled because of Bush. He's going to resign, and then he's going to become the dictator and take over the country. It didn't happen. It's false. These lies are infiltrating the church with doctrines of hate and with doctrines of delusion, and they are false, and they belong to the forces and the powers of darkness. I mentioned earlier the barcodes and and uh, the social security numbers, which were introduced in the year 2000. And people have become accustomed now to those technological changes. And the whole thing about that kind of conspiracy having any impact to people, people don't believe that anymore. They're not into it. But, you know, these these kind of of lies are dangerous and they're harmful and I want to read here something from one of these printouts that I have the political scientists warn that the mass hysteria may not only fuel lone wolf terrorism but have devastating effects on the American political life such as the far right wooing the far left into joining a revolutionary third position movement capable of subverting the established political powers. Wow. That's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. These are the negative effects of false conspiracies. They're serious. Russia was considered to be a, a part of the world, new world order that was going to take over and be one of the main factors. But the dissolution of the USSR in 1991 undercut that whole theory and proved that whole thing to be nothing but false. When are people going to wake up? When are people going to wake up? They've got all these groups the Illuminati as part of the New World Order, the Bilderberg Group, the Masonic Conspiracy, and don't forget the Apollo hoax. Oh, is there a lot of, pardon me, but crap in that conspiracy. And all the things that they're bringing out now about this new secret airplane of the United States, the Aurora, and the kind of stuff that they're talking about that they don't even know what they're talking about when they try to make the story that you're not going to be able to leave the planet and go to the moon or anywhere else because of the Van Allen belt. They don't even know the cosmology. They don't even know what they're talking about. They're just dancing with devils. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're... They are not grounded with evidence. They're into presumptions. <clears throat> All right. There's the truth movement. 
this truth movement, of course, um, they were big into this thing on the controlled demolition theory that had to do with 9-11. <coughs> a lot of people really believe that controlled demolition theory that's called thermite. But, you know, there's a lot of things that have been proven to be quite different than what people have thought. And some of the things that the architects and the engineers that came up with who never ever presented scientific paper to prove their their math or to prove their theories that they did not take into effect because uh you know they were able by the scientists uh studied by Stephen Jones to match the the primer paint of the columns and to check the ignition temperatures and they were able to uh, go through this whole thing and, and you know, like, how could they rig the building uh, for this uh, controlled demolition with all the inspectors and the managers and all those, you know? And then there's a whole list. I don't have the time to go through it. A whole list of things that are so real and so valid. I mean, you know, like, uh, come on. Uh, there's been thousands of forensic investigators look at the steel. No demolition wires or wireless devices were ever found. No video audio evidence of loud explosions that would have been heard a mile away. There's been bomb-sniffing dogs that have gone into there during the cleanup. Not one detected any bombs. There's no tail, uh, telltale signs to conclude there were any bombs in the World Trade Center 9-11. There's no evidence of flying glass or loud explosions that would have been picked up by all the seismograph stations in NYC and accounts of deafening or blast lung. Nothing noticed of the thousands of the forensic investigators. Someone says, yeah, but look at the size of that hole. When an airplane is coming down at 600 miles an hour and it has its tail out and its wings out and when it hits a girder or anything of solid at 600 miles an hour, it's like if you've ever seen pictures of a straw that has been flipped by a tornado wind, that a straw can penetrate glass. There are strange things that happen when great velocities compress, compress material. And people shouldn't be making statements whether that would later, I mean, whether it would be true in a later different aspect, not of the one that has been out there. They shouldn't be making decisions when they are not scientists and they don't have all the facts and just based on what somebody who's just taking pictures is, is guessing at they shouldn't do it they shouldn't be knocking the Jews which is all part of this of this whole thing of the new world order they're, they're basically blaming most of that on the Jews you know Hitler has been said that he, when he was review, reviewing his tre uh, troops that were getting ready to march into Paris. And it was such a victory. He turned to his minister of propaganda, minister of propaganda, 
And he said, if the Jews didn't exist, we would have had to invent them. That was because of how powerful they were able to use the Jews. It's the same thing that has been done. Nero, when he was looking for something, for an excuse, why Rome was burning, what did he do? He blamed it onto the Christians, and they went through hell. So all these groups and all these things that they've got together that are part of the financial systems that are going to destroy the, the, the whole United States and part of the world, the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, the Executive Commission of the Council of Foreign Relations, the PI-40 Committee, the Jason Group, the Club of Rome, the Club of the Royal Institute of Internal Affairs, the Vatican, the Rosicrucians, the Brotherhood of the Dragon or the Snake, the Russian Trust, the Black Families of Europe, the Skull and Bones, the Skull and Key, the Knights of the Malta, the Illuminati Arm of the Freemasons, and many, many other secretive groups. My God, come on, people. Come on. How, do they consider us dupes? Do they think we're absolutely stupid when they come up with some of these things that they're coming up with? They come up with this eye on the great seal. And they say, yeah, what that says, that, that's talking about, that's talking about the new world order. People say that they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know the true translation. They haven't even got it right. They're just listening to what, what other people are saying. You know, they talk about the dollar bill and, and they talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get sucked into that. Don't get sucked into it because those things are just part of a deceit and they are not real. And I wish I had the time to go into that. Perhaps I'll do a blog and finish this out. But I'd be careful of your television, of course, because they say that some of the new televisions are going to be equipped with spy chips and they'll be able to look right through the television and be watching everything that you're doing. I hope that you don't believe that. But if you do want to believe it, then you have just lost the comfort of your home or at least watching television. You'll have to keep that television off all the time. And it may be with those new spy chips that they can see what you're doing, whether the television's on or not, if you want to believe that conspiracy. And if you want to lose your peace in your home, when you walk past the television, you'll want to make sure that you're dressed so no one will be able to see you naked. Uh, you wouldn't want to, to speak about anything that could be recorded in front of it, according to some of this, this latest conspiracy uh, that's, that's got all of this kind of new technology invading your home. Uh, believe me, people, you, that's just a way to lose your peace and get into uh, 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 hysteria about everything. And it's all supposed to be about the coming Antichrist. Well, they haven't got the thing on the Antichrist right. They haven't got the thing on the timing of when Jesus is supposed to come right. Uh, they call themselves Christian, Christian patriots. Uh, but these are just people that they think that they understand the new world order and it's going to be controlled, uh, by all these, uh, <clears throat> powerful groups uh, that are going to try to take away, uh, by, you know, their conspiracism, uh, take, take away, uh, the cultures of the United States. Well, 
isn't it interesting that these very people, they're uh, talking about the fear of why they don't want this world order to come and take away all of these uh, things from us. The, the act that they are committing is actually contributing to taking away the peace, taking away the freedom, and stealing away all of the very things that they say the world, uh, uh, New World Order will do. And, oh, I wish that I had the time, uh, you know, to really finish this and to really get into the details about all these uh, different conspiracy groups and the truth movement. You know, let me hit some scriptures real, real fast. Proverbs fourteen fifteen: a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. Simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. Let me read just a few here. You know, uh, there is so much going on. Proverbs eighteen eight: the words of gossip are like choice, choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. Exodus 23.1 Do not spread false reports. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. Isaiah 57.11 And of whom have you been afraid or feared that you had not remembered me uh, nor taken me into your heart? Is it not because I have held my peace from old that you do not fear me? That's the Lord there speaking. Uh, Amos 3, 7. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. God's going to reveal to his prophets. He's got two prophets out there. He's got 7,000 knees that have never bowed the bale. He's got people that are, that are, that believe and that know the truth when they hear the truth by the spirit because their spirit bears witness. And, and he's going to reveal to them these things and we're going to know. And that's the mission of the church, not the mission of the church to have conspiracies that are just theories and that all kinds of people that aren't even Christians and believers are getting into it for the money game. Isaiah 8, uh, 12, 13. Uh, do not call conspiracy anything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. The Lord Almighty, the one you are, is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one that you are to dread. Psalms 2.1.1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Why the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against the anointed. Ezekiel 38, 1-2-8. Son of man, prophesy and say, what this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, O God. I will turn you around and drag you along. Wow. Oh, there's so much. Psalms 31, 1. The Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high. Let me read this again. Uh, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or things too high for me. Is that a word to you today about the, who should ride uh, the, the bay horse uh, of conspiracy? Uh, is that <clears throat> warning you? <clears throat> a few more things I'm just about to bring to a close. Um, uh, fear mong uh, mongering. Um, there, there is fear mongering. Uh, uh, you know uh, 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 that an upcoming stock market crash from a foreign stock analyst, uh, and that no one has ever heard of, uh, is supposed to go uh, to four thousand six five zero at a minimum. Predicted date June eleventh, two 
2010. That date has already passed. Nothing happened. That rumor, that that presumption, that conspiracy thought was false. Um, uh, more fear mongering. Uh, 2008 elections would be canceled. George Bush would reign as dictator under martial law. Uh, predicted date to uh, November 2008 election season. That was false. It didn't happen. More fear mongering. 2008 election would be canceled and George Bush would resign as dictator under the martial law. 2008. Okay. <clears throat> Since the 2008 economic problems, uh, the waves of doom. And fear-mongering, I'm reading this here uh, from one of these reports I've got, uh, it's gotten worse in my opinion, mirroring the year 2000 panic. At every turn, the end is nigh. Every day, the stock market goes down 1 or 2%, a crash is nigh. Every time gold goes up, the dollar is about to crash. Uh, wow. <sighs> these things are lies, ladies and gentlemen. They're not true. And, and, uh, uh, there's just been one thing after another. I don't have time to read them all. Uh, I'm coming to the close here, but let me just say a few things about the United States. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, believe this or don't believe it. That's all right. That's up to you. But you need to understand that the United States has the wor world's largest, um, um, underground supplies of gas and oil with this new way of drilling a new way of uh, being able to go into the old wells that gives them uh, a <clears throat> an inventory of oil uh, that puts them into a higher it'll, it'll, say it'll last for over 400 years um, uh, murderers per capita that's people would think with with that the United States was at the top they are not <clears throat> they are 24 down on the list. American citizens have the highest income per hour worked. And they are the second highest income per capita in the world. Now that fluctuates up and down. Do you know that the United States has the largest gold reserve of any nation in the world? The largest. They... they their dollar is the trade medium of the world. Someone says, yeah, but the dollar's, dollar's going to fall. Uh, I don't believe you. I wouldn't listen to you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe in your conspiracies because you're not speaking as a prophet. You're not speaking as a revelator. You're not speaking the word of God. You're speaking a bunch of the, of the bull crap that's been given by these conspiracies by people who think they know that don't know. And I don't care if they're, in, if they're on, on, uh, one of the, uh, uh, television news mediums. Uh, I don't care if they're, uh, some kind of a, in a leadership or they've got, Big famous uh, fancy websites. Uh, I'm not going to believe these people that are in, into delusions. Uh, I don't believe this thing about the United States going bankrupt. I don't believe this thing about the dollar falling. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think that if you get on board and get to some of the prophecies that's been given, uh, that you'll find out that's not the case. You'll find out that uh, that. Uh, uh, everybody that thinks that, that, that Jesus is going to come just any day, uh, you'll find out from Thessalonians that Jesus cannot come yet. It is not the time. It can't happen. And these people that are out there preaching differently don't know the word of God. They are teaching falsely. And, and, and so you, you just need to know and you need to understand, uh, that, um, 
that this is your time. This is your time to to not al- allow these conspiracies uh, to take over. Uh, this stuff is so old. And this is my final throw in here. These things that they're coming up with, like, you know, like when they, they go back and they start talking about um, yeah, that the people that were into this Masonic conspiracy, uh, they go all back to the founding fathers of uh, of the United States of America. That's how far back this conspiracy goes to the founding fathers. And some of them supposedly were, were part of this world uh, order. And and uh, it goes back uh, hundreds and hundreds of years. These people that were involved in, in these uh, political uh, fashions, these people that were involved in these monetary control systems, uh, they go back. They go back like like way, 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 way back, like two, uh, some of them back 2000 years. And and, and uh, they're all old. Now, here's how I look at it. Uh, if these things have been predicted and been going on since the, the United States was founded, and these, you know, Federal Reserve and, and all these uh, high fancy falutin people who are uh, uh, a part of these different groups that are banker groups that are stealing the funds of the United States and trying to take over the nation and put it into a world government, if, 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 this has been going on for years and years and years and years, and yet the United States still stands as the most powerful nation in the world and has all those pluses. And I, if I had the time, I could go on with a list of all the pluses that the United States has over every other nation in the world that I don't have time to mention. And they've done really, really well. Okay, so now we've got uh, a, have had a recession. So we've even if we had a, a a depression, that happens when prices get out of line and they have to be adjusted. That doesn't mean that the nation isn't any good. And the people are no good. That doesn't mean it is hopeless. The United States is still the most powerful nation in the world. Someone says, "Oh no, there's China." You don't even know what you're talking about. China, yes, it's coming up. But you don't know the statistics on China. You wouldn't even be saying that. You know, China is, you can't compare China to the United States. You, you just need to go over there, like, like someone that I know went over there recently, and there's so much smog and pollution that you can't even breathe. It's going to cost them multi-billions. It costs them most of their money just to clean up that land so that they can breathe right and not die uh, at the rate they're dying. Ladies and gentlemen, no one's going to be able to replace the United States right now. There's no nation out there can do it. Japan can't do it. India, they can't do it. <laughs> they got all kinds of problems. These people can't, don't compare to the United States. Who should ride this horse? I don't think you should. I don't think you should be riding that bay horse. That's my answer to this message. And now I want to do I want to do the Gentile, and I apologize for last week. I don't know what happened. Our Gentile got cut off. It was an internet thing that happened, and we were really having the power of the Spirit here. We were doing a thing on nerves, and the power of God was just, just here. Even before we started this message tonight, my wife was sitting at the organ, and she was saying, oh, Jerry, she says, there's just blue lights everywhere. You know, and she says, oh, the, the spirit is so strong here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what we want 
to again talk about. We want to talk about the nerve system. There's so many people today have problems with the nerve systems in their body. And, and they don't even understand how that it affects their whole body and affects their muscles and, and, and eventually even up their, their spine, uh, affects, uh, uh, you know, the order of transitions into their brain. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's cranial nerves, uh, that, that originate from the brain stem. And, and there are all kinds of sensory nerves and mixed nerves and, and uh, uh, we, we just cannot uh, mention it uh, in a minor sense because, uh, you know, the, the cell bodies of the sensory fibers uh, are found outside the brain, uh, whereas the cell bodies of motor fibers lie within the nuclea. And so there are the both uh, the different levels of the sensory, which ultimately then tie into the track network that sends messages across that network and then eventually uses the muscles, or pardon me, the nerves, uh, the nerves to move the muscles. So these <clears throat> are the kind of things uh, that have to be considered. Uh, they are extremely very, very, very important. The cranial nerves, the sensory fiber, uh, the nerves that are, that, that, that are innerve it uh, to the muscles, uh, on and on and on, uh, we, we, we just have to understand the effects of, of the nervous system, even on aging, uh, to bring about decline. Uh, they have a decreasing capacity, uh, by sending their nerve impulses to and from the brain. Uh, we can overcome that. Uh, we can overcome the conduction velocities and the decreases. Uh, by, by uh, affecting the voluntary motor movements that, that normally want to slow down and affect the reflex time uh, for the skeletal motors and, and for deep reflexes that uh, can diminish even in the brain. Uh, these degenerative changes do not have to happen if we can really get our nerves in prime condition. So here we go. We want to uh, send energy uh, into... Uh, you tonight, and, uh, the anatomy of the nervous system. Uh, we want to, uh, to deal with, uh, every, every part, uh, you know, the, of, of this nerve system. Um, the nerve crest, uh, the forebrain vesicle, uh, everything that, that, uh, that is there that needs to be touched. Uh, here we go. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary, hypothalamus to thyroid to the lymphatic gland, to the parasympathetic sympathetic neurotransmission system, to the cerebellum, to the white core brain tissue, the spinal column, begin to send messages into the whole network system uh, through uh, uh, the, the, the pons, uh, through all of the uh, different uh, hemisphere systems, uh, the corpus callosum, uh, especially uh, dealing uh, down the bottom uh, the body through the, the through the the uh, system uh, that is connected to all the nerves that uh, function in the body and that are tied in uh, to warning systems and to uh, to aiding systems uh, begin to send messages to these systems uh, uh, and begin to uh, engender them 
and begin to uh, revitalize them, uh, causing messages into the hormone system to release uh, from the body uh, all of the different nutrients that would be needed to revitalize, all the different uh, nutrients that would be needed uh, to bring the nerves into prime uh, condition so that they are operating, uh, operating on all their proper reflex modes and are able to connect in all the ways that they should. If there's any inhibitors, if there's any blockers, if there's any messages uh, against uh, or anti uh, to this message just now given, they are canceled. God bless you and God keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Thank you for your patience of being with us to hear this message. And perhaps at another time, we'll be able to really finish it. There is so much, so much to say, so much to say. We love you. We love you. God bless you.